0: Hi, this is Philip Noman of the Generic Board Gaming Podcast. All the board gaming content you could want at a fraction of the
1: price. And this is Vic from NaveCon, and you're very welcome to our podcast today. I think Philip got a little bit mixed up there at the start, but uh, let's keep it going. Nobody will notice. (laughs) Yeah, no one will notice that this is our fourth attempt of getting this correct, this podcast correctly done. (laughs) I think we just gave up and just said, let's go for it. Yeah, exactly. Tell me, you've had a... Bit of gaming recently, I'm guessing. What did you get up to? What did you play recently?
0: Yeah, so it not as much as I'd like because I was in New York City. So, what have I been playing? Um, I haven't played a lot of games. I played Affliction, which is a uh, 2017 game, it's worker placement taking place in the Salem Witch Trials of 1692. Mm -hmm. It's actually a lot of fun. There's a little bit of take that where you're trying to get your opponents, people arrested and convicted and possibly burned at the stake, which is always good for, which is always good. Uh, I've played Azul. I was able actually to get my daughter and her fiance who are not gamers to play Azul. So, and they liked it. So Azul's turning into a a bit of a thinky uh, gateway game. And then I was able to get uh, two older games to the table. I was able to get Shakespeare, which is sort of an area control ish, not really kind of game, maybe action selection, maybe sort of card selection. And I also uh, got a Rajas of the Ganges in. So I've been able to get those games in. So that's what I've been playing. What about you, Vic?
1: I had quite an interesting weekend. Um, Are you still sober? I'm I'm very much sober. It's all relative. It was quite a heavy weekend in that respect. It was a friend of mine. He was having a stag uh, and he's a regular at... uh, the nave cons, and i got invited along which was very good and 11 of us descended in a house in the middle of nowhere the east coast of ireland yeah uh, miles from anything but lots of space and we gained solid for the weekend so we arrived friday evening and we game till five in the morning uh, there may or may not have been alcohol in the mix and then we got up had breakfast gamed until five on sunday morning and uh We got to play some great stuff. So I got to play Rising Sun, uh, which is a lot of fun. I hadn't got to play it yet. Uh, And it was one of the Kickstarters, which, in fact, we'll have a little chat about later. And it was the the full everything, fully leaded version of of the game, which was excellent. and really liked that. I also got to play a couple of ones that you have spoken highly about. I got to play Tuscany, um, which I really, really liked. It's the add-on for VT Culture. Uh, and I got to play Great Western Trail, which surprised me and how much I liked it. Because, oh, I love that God. game.
0: And, and it's three hours of pure goodness. And you do not realize you're playing for two and a half, three hours.
1: I was surprised how close it was at the end, even though I was a complete noob to the game. It was still a tight game. And I played a lot of Perudo, if you know the dice game or Liar's mm. Dice. And yeah. that, that just worked really well. That and Skull. And. Uh, and shots and uh, <laughs> and a variety of other things, but fantastic weekend of gaming. So I've got to play a lot of games I liked and, and and a lot more as well. So
0: yeah, that was me. I, I'm deeply envious. I am I am deeply envious. I, I spent four or five days in New York City, which I love. I mean, I'm from New York. I love New York. I I can always have a great time in New York, and the food in New York is great. And I I won't get into how great. Almost spiritual eating New York pizza is. Uh, it's yeah. when, once you've had New York pizza, all other pizza pales in comparison. And for everybody who's from Chicago, I love your Chicago pie. It's delicious, but it's not a pizza. It's a pie. Just saying. And with that, we've lost our one Chicago listener.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Well, you know what we uh, we do have to be controversial. The uh, you know what I I can't say I've actually. I can recall eating. I was in New York once. I was in Manhattan. Uh, I don't know if I did eat pizza or not, but it wasn't something that stuck in my head. But you haven't been to Ireland for pizza, so you know you got to try that.
0: I've been to Ireland, and pizza was not what I ate there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, wrong spots. Listen, <laughs> what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about Kickstarter. And we did a little chat about this. And you are Mr. Kickstarter uh, from Washington. I know you have what is it, 256? So my,
0: I am a super backer according to Kickstarter. I do not know what that means to be a backer, but that probably means I spent way too damn much money. I have backed 256 games, so two to the eighth. Those you, you, yeah, you
1: got me there. 256. Yeah, are you gonna go for the 512, like before you you know pop your clogs or something? Or <laughs> the uh are you sticking at that number because it's just such a good number? and um, that's <laughs> I, look, let's go back to the start. Kickstarter. Um until relatively recently, um, uh, Kickstarter was something very new to me. I hadn't, you know, had much to do with it. I had some friends that were into it and oh. It never really appealed to me, Um, not until the time that Rising Sun started, and then suddenly it was a little bit more interesting because pushed into it by friends, so peer pressure was high. For all the people who aren't into Kickstarter, uh, and since you are a resident expert on it, what is Kickstarter, Philip?
0: So Kickstarter is actually a company out of Brooklyn, New York, Kent Street, if you want to be exact. And what they do is they are a software website that allows companies and individuals to tap into the crowdsourcing market. So when you log into Kickstarter, you are logging into their website. When you back a project, whether it be board games or music or film or anything else, you are essentially saying, should this Project get enough backing, enough pledges over whatever the minimum is, that that money will be taken out of your credit card or bank account, and after a I believe it's a six percent or five percent haircut from Kickstarter, that money will be released to the creator of the project for them to produce whatever it is. The biggest group that Kickstarter has is the board gaming industry. They they get collect the most money. There have been some very big non Kickstarter uh, projects like the return of mystery science theater 3000 for their, I think it was 11th season and they, and all that's on Netflix. Uh, I was a backer of that, but it's board games that really seem to have found a niche within Kickstarter. And so when you hear about Kickstarter games on the various websites and, and the various media, that's what you're doing. You're actually pledging money through this system so that should they hit their minimums, uh, that will be released, and then the creator, the project creator, will then be able to take that money and create a project. Some things that people don't always realize is Kickstarter does not guarantee that you'll ever get the product. And in fact,
1: mm.
0: of the 256 projects I backed, 10 never fulfilled
1: that's interesting yeah no i i i remember hearing the concept of it and so on and and, and thinking it was a fascinating idea and i assume kickstarter have gotten all the people together and it's the one kind of place you go when you want to crowd crowdsource um and it does certainly kind of lend itself I, I read a little bit on this you know it certainly does lend itself to board games the the stuff that i see kind of coming through it tends to be kind of big stuff uh, games with a lot of add-ons to it and so on. Like without giving the game away, um why would you go with Kickstarter rather than just buy a game when it comes out in the shops?
0: So there's a couple of things. Uh the first is and I'm gonna break these up into different groups. And so I want to start with the smaller guys. So let's take role player for example by Thunderworks games. Um game by Keith Majekka. I think I pronounced his name correctly. That game would never have been produced without Kickstarter. He's self-publishing it. He is not a well-known entity. This was his first Kickstarter. This was his first game. He didn't have the type of capital to be able to produce this so that it could be sold into retail. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what Kickstarter was originally meant to be, was to allow new developers, new project creators to get their ideas out there, get tap into the uh, crowdsourcing, crowdfunding market, and then be able to produce a game. And, 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 and Roleplayer was one of my top three 2016 games. It's a fantastic game, hmm. and, it's, and it's way more thinky than its theme would belie. And then you have people who use it as a pre-order system, and mm-hmm. that would be the CMONs of the world, the TMGs of the world, Mayday, And a full disclosure, I've helped Mayday at various cons, but they do heavily use uh, the Kickstarter because, you know, these companies are not heavily capitalized, although we could argue about TMG because they had a stock issuance not too long ago. And what they do is they use this as a pre-order system. They hit a Kickstarter, they get whatever orders in, they know kind of how many boxes to, to make, and then they'll keep an extra percentage. And to incentivize people to go through this Kickstarter, which isn't necessarily the most economic way of doing things, especially if the game is not super-duper popular, they throw on add-ons so that if you're a Kickstarter, you get certain bells and whistles that other people don't. Now, not all games do that. For instance, Roleplayer, you do not get anything special. Uh, when Je- uh, when Stonemeyer Games did Kickstarter, and they've gone away from that, by the way, When they did Kickstarter, they actually were very upfront. Uh, You're actually going to get an economically decent deal, but everything that's available on Kickstarter will be available later as add-on. So it's not always – a lot of people don't use Kickstarter for what it was originally meant to be, which was to give people who are trying to start up a place where they can – show their wares, tap into crowdfunding, and make a product. I mean, CMON does not need to use Kickstarter, especially with a successful games in the millions like Rising Sun, Side, and its various coronations, even Hate, which got a lot of hate, mm. <laughs> still had several hundred thousand worth of Kickstarter funds. Is CMON using what Kickstarter originally was used for? Probably not. They're using it as a pre-order system, but just always keep in mind that you may not get it. Even with you may not get the game, even by companies that have a track record of producing.
1: It's it's, it's interesting. You should say that. I assume now, if you look at it, there's um, when I look at Kickstarter and I see you know something like Hate or uh, Rising Sun, and they set a kind of initial target. Uh, like a minimum they're looking for to just launch the game so they want you know a hundred thousand if it's a small game to launch it and if they don't make that they're not going to launch the game it's just not going to happen is there cases there with some of the games that you've backed that people have reached their targets but the games are just not fulfilled or delivered at the end
0: yeah so as, as i said uh that that does happen now uh, everybody complains that kickstarters can be late and they, a, a lot of them are so you're going to have to assume that if you have a kickstarter and it says it's going to deliver in i don't know say november of 2017 you should be happy if you get it around march 2018 or april 2018 yeah. okay just keep in mind that things are going to run late now one of the latest ones that i've ever had was ogre by steve jackson games the, the ogre the uh, developer's edition which is this Massive box, and the ogres are pretty, pretty good size. And I'm, I'm holding up my fingers in an audio podcast so that you
1: all can. They're big fingers. It's the big gap is like enormous fish you're showing off
0: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and that was it. That was over a year late. And that's because they kept adding on and they never thought through the project about what those add ons would cost in development time. It, it was eventually sent. Uh, the communication by Steve Jackson Games was fantastic, but it was over a year late. So but uh, th- there have been several games that have not come in and where in some cases the people just dropped off the face of the earth. So the first one is uh, Doom that came to Atlantic City oh, by Fort, yeah, by Fourth Games. And, and, and not only did that not fulfill, but the Federal Trade Commission, which is an American agency that makes sure that people do what they say they're going to do from a trade perspective, actually fined them. Uh, find the owner of it about $250,000 of his own personal money. Now that game eventually did come out by cryptozotic game. um, And they were kind enough to deliver the game to the original backers, but at a basic level. I mean, I had an upgraded level. I didn't get any of the upgrades. uh, So that, that was a failure. We had another case was Hydra dice, which was where these really cool dice, this guy was trying to make, Mm. he dropped off the face of the earth. We eventually found out that he had had a heart attack and, didn't have have the money to finish the project. A campaign trail was by uh, Cosmic Wombat Games. They were trying to build a game with the excitement off the 2016 American election. And the game looked really clever and it had a very clever play to it, at least in the (laughs) videos, horribly mismanaged. Now they are, they are over a year late. That was supposed to be out in November of 2016. It's now 2018. It's still not out, but at least they're still communicating. And I still have some hope that it might get out. They've fired the two lead production people and new people have taken over and they say, yes, we have the money. It is getting done. And they have shown pictures of components and so forth. The one that's the most perplexing was uh, Airlines by Golden Egg Games, <clears throat> which was promised to be delivered in December of 2016. Now, Golden Egg Games has done games since then. Uh, they, have the, they had a post-apocalyptic game that came out just recently that they did not do through Kickstarter, so they, the company is still viable. There's been absolutely no communication by the president or anybody associated with Golden Egg Games, and Airlines just doesn't exist now. Some of the European backers did get some games, but they were uh, the vast majority had missing pieces or broken pieces. So, Golden Egg Games um, right now is on my mud list. Do not buy. So, you know, as I said, they had a successful game at Essen. They didn't use Kickstarter, but there is there doesn't seem to be any desire for them to fulfill uh, airlines. So, it's it's been kind of a, an interesting situation. And again, that, that was a company that had games delivered in a timely fashion. There, there were some production issues, but nothing earth shattering. They did Prime Time, which is a network. You know, a TV network game, which is actually pretty good. Uh, they have Rome, a Rome game, which actually has a very, very clever dice mechanic that they were planning at the time that they were selling this game as using it, using this mechanic for a broader base of games. Airlines has this very interesting Macala aspect to it, and even though Airlines didn't deliver, their previous two or three did. So it's it very interesting. Um, now again one of the other things to keep in mind with kickstarter is that when you do a game it's it can be largely untested and you can get some pretty bad dogs i have a cmon game that was delivered on time called sedition wars horrible game Mm -hmm. another game actually we were just talking about uh one of the predecessors the agents the guys who made agents made this game game called the king's down or the king's dead chess like but horrible (laughs) just terrible 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 gameplay and I can't even get rid of that. I can't even give it to the Salvation Army. They ref- It's so bad they refuse to
1: take it. Yeah, the, uh, if you want to throw it into the NAVECON raffle, uh, there, it's always welcome. Actually, the uh, I think Sin City is the one game that keeps turning up like a, a bad penny. That <laughs> it, it, it's interesting, you should say there, about games that... Um, I assume there are certain people. If Martin Wallace says he's going to release a game, then everybody queues up with their money in their hands. But uh, if it's an unknown, I do have a cousin whose partner he's um, was kickstarting a game. It just never got off the blocks. It was an interesting game, but um, I assume kind of halfway through the the process, you're getting some idea if the game is going to be good or not. It's 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 you know you look at the likes of Rising Sun and. I assume you're going on the basis that, yeah, I liked um, Blood Rage, so therefore they do decent games. It's the same designer. Uh, how bad can it be? But one thing that, that, that I kind of, there's such a long lead time in it. Is that not a deterrent for you? You obviously get a buzz from buying games in advance. And if it's a year, that's a hell of a long time. Yeah. So, so there's a couple of thoughts about that. Yeah, it's a long
0: time. Uh, sometimes it's, it, very often it's about a year from when the mm. funding closes to when you get the game. But then again, you're still getting the game before everybody else, okay. in most cases. There are there have been some situations where companies have screwed up and it was sent to the retailers before it was sent to the backers. Okay, And uh, Simon was one of them, actually. Some mm. of their earlier zombie side games hit the retailers before it hit the backers because the retail games were just the base game and there wasn't anything else. So for shipping purposes, that was the simplest to set out. And so the shipping company just said, I'm going to send out the simplest ones first and save the more complicated packages. And this is one of the downsides for all these add-ons is the more add-ons that you can buy into and so forth creates a more complicated shipping situation. Mm. And therefore, the simple packages got out first and the more complicated ones came out last. That has since been rectified by CMON. They learned their lessons, they took their licks, and they haven't done that. I absolutely don't worry about the time. And in fact, I always add on, I'm still getting the game before everybody else. Now, in a case like Gentis, which just had its Kickstarter through TMG Games, I happen to have gotten the the Essence Spielworks game. So I'm going to mm-hmm. have the base game. I'm not going to have all the special wood tokens or the cool metal uh, monies. I have poker chips for that. I don't really care about it as much. So that doesn't bother me. And, and a lot of people like having the game before everybody else. The other piece of this, why people are willing to do this is, oh, well, if I order the Kickstarter, I'm going to get all these Kickstarter exclusives. And so there's this sort of fear of missing out FOMO as they, as the kids mm. say saying today, that's fine too. And, and that's why people don't feel as badly about it. And, and, and some people really love the miniatures and dudes on a map make you happy. I'm becoming less and less of a dudes on the map kind of guy. Okay. I'm more now of, is it thoughtful? Mm. Is the gameplay interesting? Is, is it, is there enough theme without the miniatures, but within the gameplay and the other components, does it make sense for me? So, you know, I'm happy with little wooden cubes of different colors.
1: Well, I mean, if you look at the coin games, there's a friend of mine who just like looks at us in horror when we take out a coin game. <laughs> where you know, and you know, one coin game looks like another with a different map, but they're completely different experiences. But they are tan cubes being pushed around, you know, a map. But that doesn't bother me. The uh, and you've you've spoken about um, what's our game, Quantum? Yes where if you look at it long enough, the dice start to look like spaceships. The, um, the, 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 like, what games are you backing at the moment, Philip? Oh, what games am I backing up at the moment?
0: Uh, that's a good question. And of course, my computer just had a problem. Uh, <laughs> so the games I'm backing at the moment, and, and, and I will tell you, I'm a lot more selective these days about backing games. Um, I'm, okay. I'm going to think long and hard before backing a game by a new publisher. And they have to have something there that makes me willing to take that risk. Now, granted, only four percent of all of the games that have backed have failed. But when they fail, I'm out of the money, and I have nothing to show for it. And again, Kickstarter doesn't guarantee that you'll get anything.
1: Sorry, I stop you there for one sec. The uh, just because I like, I always wanted to say that. <laughs> the, uh... I blather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. No, the if, for example, you back a game. And it doesn't deliver. That's that's it. Tough luck. You're out of pocket. Could be $200 or whatever, or, you know, 100 euros, the equivalent. That's it. Just tough luck.
0: Yeah, pretty much. There are things that you can do. You can complain to the FTC. You can try to get some money back, but there's no guarantee. I will say there was one game, and I don't consider it. Technically, it's not really part of this 256. There was this one game by 8th Summit, which is a game company. I happen to like their stuff. Uh, they do a lot of storytelling games. Richard Lanius is one of their major developers. They had a solo game, uh, Superhero Solitaire, for whatever reason, never got published. Okay. Don't know what happened. Uh, I don't know the story behind it, but they were actually very upfront and honest and say, look, if you want your money back, we'll give you your money back, but we're going to still try to do it anyway. And so I just said it and you know, go ahead, try to do it. I mean, it wasn't that much money. I mean, we're, we're talking about 25, 30 bucks American. And then a couple of months later, I said, you know what? This game's just not going to happen. We're just going to refund everybody. And they did. They refunded everybody. But that's a rarity. That's really mm-hmm. unusual. And of course, if A Summit were to come out with another game that seemed interesting to me, I wouldn't have a hesitation to back the game because of the company. Okay. You know, like, unlike Egg Goldene- you know, Goldene- Games, which I'll never use, never back again. They know their, their name is Mud.
1: It's it's kind of interesting what you say there, because just that I wouldn't back, you know, you're now more selective and so on. You wouldn't back a, a game unless you were kind of sure about it, which is really the original idea of Kickstarter was for people that were starting out, you know, that you would get backing for a smaller company. But now it seems, you know, gamers are becoming more selective and kind of picking things that are, you know, more likely to succeed.
0: Well, when you've been burned... What are you no. going to do? You know, and I've been written multiple times. So the games that I'm backing right now, uh, one is Hastings 1066, which is one of oh. which is an interesting um, battle game. Um, that's by Worthington Publishing. Uh, this is a new publisher. This looks like it's their first game. For them, it's a small amount. It's a card game, but the, the gameplay on the video and the, the subject matter of interest to me. So, you know, that's, that I don't mind risking $24. Uh, The next game is Viceroy Times of Darkness expansion. Uh, This is an expansion to, this is a Mayday game to their Mm. game. uh, It's an expansion to their Viceroy game. I happen to like Viceroy. It's probably the heaviest game that they have. Sort of an auction game, Mm. with a little bit of resource building and tile placing. And I happen to like that game a lot. Now, again, full disclosure, I helped them out. Viceroy was a game that I purchased with my own money, and this I'm doing with my own money. So you can take it for what it's worth. Again, one of the things that you had said is there's certain designers that people will just, oh my God, Eric Lang yeah, has done X. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Eric Lang has designed another game. It's, you know, this time it's it's no longer about Corleone's Empire. Uh, now it's about the Love Boat. I got to get the Eric Lang Love Boat <laughs> game. Yeah, we can see that. So the game that uh, that's like that that I'm getting is actually a reprint of a Vital Lacerda game called CO2, where all us. Lefty greenies can be cooperative in trying to save the world and reduce carbon emissions. I am also a huge fan of Academy games, and so I will tend to back them. Uh, They've done me some personal favors. Uh, Uwe Eckhart, who runs that gaming company, is a really good guy. And his games like Freedom and the America series, like 1754, 1776, all these games are very, very good. I happen to like their games. They have something that's really out of their wheelhouse. It's a do-on-the-map team-versus-team game called Agents of Mayhem, Pride of Babylon. It looks kind of like spy-versus-spy, except without the jokes. So that's another game that I'm thinking about backing. Now, there are a lot of times where I will back a game immediately and then mm. think about it. And then there will be times where I will just say, you know what? You know, that game's not really going to be for me, so let me pull out and I'll cancel my orders. That's actually the other nice thing about Kickstarter. You can cancel your pledge at any time. Prior to the ending of the campaign. Gotcha. Yeah. And other crowdsourcing programs or sites don't have that. So, like when you use Indiegogo, when you pledge that money, it's immediately taken. You have no, okay. there's, there's no pulling back and there's no minimum, right? So, if someone goes to Indiegogo, they need, say, $15,000 to be able to fund this project and they get $12,000 in Kickstarter, no money is taken out. In Indiegogo, that twelve thousand is taken out, and you still don't get anything. So that's why and also people like uh, creators like Indiegogo because the overhead's less. Yeah, it's not seven or eight percent; it's you know four or five percent. So that's what that's another thing you have to really look at is when you when you go to one of these crowdfunding sites, you have to truly understand what the terms are. As with anything else, you know, buyer beware. And then lastly, Mm -hmm. the last thing I'm Um, Backing, which isn't a game. Besides board gaming, I also like role playing games. Go figure. And Wormwood, which has incredible woodworking, Uh, they're out of uh, Massachusetts, USA. They use really exotic woods and do dice trays, uh, dice towers, and they are building a, it's called the Adventurer's Arsenal. It's this kit, I guess, or the set which has a, a place for holding your your character. It has like a mini dice tower. It has a rolling area and a pencil in the wood of your choice. And some of these woods are, are very exotic. Uh, some of them are, are really brilliant. Some of the woods are endangered. And so when I talk to them about it, they say, no, 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 we get it from reputable sources. There's certain woods that are actually on lists that we won't even touch. Um, but there are other woods, while they're endangered, they're still accessible through older building materials that they get. And they have this whole thing on their website about how they responsibly source all of their wood.
1: Dapian pear wood, by any chance? Yeah. No. Um, Not up. Okay. Uh, no,
0: one One that I did see was Lingam Vita, which wow. isn't really available anymore, very much on the endangered list. And it, it turned out it wasn't the true Lingam Vitae, it was uh, the Brazilian Lingam Vitae, which is a, a more available wood. It, it's not as endangered as it were, so, but they have beautiful things. And, and, and they've done a lot of successful Kickstarters. They come to all the cons. Their products are really well made. So since I knew the company I, I, and I'm using it as a treat for myself, that's what I'm backing. So I'm only backing five. At times, I, I could be backing more than five, you know, sometimes 10, 15 at a time. I've recently backed with the the, that are now closed, um, Seize the Bean, which is a deck builder about a Berlin coffee house, Uh, the Tokyo series, like Tokyo Metro. I've backed Nemo's War Upgrades, the kind of the, the next set for Nemo's War. And it's been a while since then since I've backed. So I'm really limiting the number of things I'm backing. I mean, part of it is I have two kids in college and I'm paying for a wedding, so there's money's a little bit tight. But then on top of that, I am being much more selective. Because a lot of these games, you know, that I have received, I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't like them that much. I will say one other thing is if a game doesn't have a, a play video on its website, avoid. Just avoid.
1: Okay. Because
0: mm-hmm. you'll have no idea how it's gonna play. The King Is Dead is one such learning
1: lesson that I had. To me, I assume when it gets to the point where you have so many Kickstarters, now, I have a couple of Kickstarters in the wind. I, I've backed Endeavor, and I backed, because I really liked the original Endeavor, but never got a copy of it. And I backed uh, the new Zia one, which is a tiny little add-on. But I assume when you get to a certain kind of point with so many kickstarters that's like planting crops that are all kind of coming down the line and you know at any given time there'll be a certain amount out for delivery you're not it's not like you're starting a pro. you know you're starting a kickstarter waiting a year then doing another one that's correct it's that you have a number of them on the go they i suppose my final question for you philip should you choose to accept the answer is um What, out of the 256, which is a fantastic number uh, of Kickstarters, which was your favorite one?
0: Oh, God. Uh, That's a question I
1: wasn't expecting.
0: Ooh, um, that's a tough one. A couple pop into mind immediately, though. Um, Raiders of the North Sea. Oh, wow, yeah. Fantastic game. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you how much I love that game. Uh, Paperback. Uh, by Tim Fowers games. Again, wonderful game, easy to play, and I can get non-gamers to play it. It's sort of like Dominion meets Scrabble. Uh, truly, a, truly an excellent game. Um, Mintworks and Roleplayer, those two games, Mintworks and Roleplayer, um, also by first-time publishers. Mintworks, a 10-minute worker placement game that fits in, fits in a mint tin, and it's, it's a very, very well-done game. Role player, which I did it based on the theme alone. Role player is optimizing rolling up a new DD character. And that's all it is. But oh, it is so brilliant. And I think it's better than Sagrada. I mean, there's some slightly different mechanics, but it's a it's a die placement game. And when you place a die on a particular and uh, D characteristic like strength, dexterity, intelligence. It allows you to manipulate other dice. And then you're picking up skills and you're picking up personality traits and, and you have a background story. And if you get dice in a certain way, you get more points. It's, it's 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 truly brilliant. And I guess the um I guess my favorite of all time Kickstarter would probably have well, there are two. My favorite two are Scythe of Stonemeyer Games and Baseball Highlights 2045. And if you listen to a previous uh, podcast of ours, you know that Baseball Highlights 2045 is my favorite all-time game.
1: Okay, some interesting stuff there. I suppose we we better wrap up because people have probably got to work at this <laughs> stage. I guess my last question to you is top three tips for people starting out in Kickstarter. I know you said about uh, watching a video beforehand and so on. But if I was a complete noob, I liked the idea of Kickstarter and I had a bundle of cash in my hand. How would I start my career in kickstarting and how would I be one of the cool kids?
0: Okay, so first and foremost, know what you're getting into. There's always a chance you won't get the game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My experience has been after 256 games that a little bit less than 4% of the things that have kickstarted, which include games, films, and some other things never got delivered. The second, if, especially in board gaming, if, you, if the company does not have a track record, do some research. Find out who they are. What have they done previously? Uh, this is simple credit risk management from my finance days. And third of all, in a board game, it's absolutely essential that they have how to play videos. A lot of these guys now will sponsor one of the video loggers or video reviewers to review their game. Most video bloggers are very good saying that this is a paid sponsorship or a paid review, like Man vs. Meeple, like Heavy Cardboard, Uh, the Dice Tower crew a little less so. But make sure that they have a play video so that you can see how it plays and is that a type of game that you'll enjoy? Hmm. And if if the game doesn't immediately come at you in the play video, you may want to rethink it. Oh, Rado is another one who who does sponsored gameplays, but he doesn't ever really tell you okay. whether it's sponsored or not. So those are the those are the things that I would really tell a new person is: know what you're getting into. If it's not an established company, look into it deeper to find out who they are. And then, third, look at the game video. If they don't have a game video, don't do it.
1: Okay. Listen, I think we leave it there. Philip, thanks very much for that. That's some very sagely advice there. You know what you're talking about. Uh, This has been Vic from NaveCon. And
0: And this is Philip Millman from the Board Game Group and a bunch of other places. and (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, I'm on the run a lot. But if you have any comments or anything you'd like to throw at us, uh, please feel free to leave comments at the end of whatever podcasting service that you use. We read them and we do take them into account. And also, you can tweet at me at the board gaming rabbi. I'm sorry, the board game rabbi at sign board game rabbi on Twitter. So I hope you have a wonderful day and take care. And we'll be talking to you shortly.